And I, I pray that everybody kind of gets the experience. Now I think about it, like I hope that every person that is as big a sports fans as I know that I am myself, I hope that you get that moment where you are on top of the world because you have been that diehard fan. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I remember the next day, you couldn't tell me shit. <laughs> we just beat Tom Brady 500-yard passing game with fucking Nick Foles. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that was an impressive game, impressive win. I hope everybody gets to feel that feeling someday of fandom. Like, it's such a, I hate to use this word, but it's like euphoric. Yeah. Like, you get to, that whole offseason, you get to say, hey, we're the fucking champs. My team is, well, I'm a fucking champion. You know what I'm saying? Like, we are the champs. And until somebody knocks us off, guess what? We're still the fucking champs, bitch. You know, everybody needs that feeling. Like, that's such just a great feeling to have. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Real Conversations with Cozy and Murph. This is your host, Cody Murphy. I'm here with my co-host, J.D. Cozad. What's up? It is Memorial Day, Monday, May 29th. We're recording this actually a day later than we usually would. Yesterday, I ended up having a cookout with about 20 people who came over and just family. And we played... Cornholes, smoke some meat, and had a good time. So by the time that we got wrapped up with everything, it was already pretty late. So, and I was tired too. So I figured we just record tonight. No harm, no foul. It was a busy day for everybody. I feel like uh, the only people that I know that were taking it easy were the people that had days off work, and even then they were out, you know, with family. Enjoying their time, days off and such. Yeah, Memorial Day is uh, like a weird holiday because it's like 4th of July. It's like diet 4th of July. It's like everything that 4th of July stands for minus the fireworks. He said diet 4th of July. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the only way I could think of to to describe it. It's like, no, we don't got 4th of July, but we got Memorial Day. Yeah. That's good. It was good. But, it gave us a chance to uh, kind of get an idea together, and it kind of played out to tonight, which we're recording right after Game 7. Yeah, Game 7 wasn't much of a game, really. I mean, through three quarters, it was kind of close. But the fourth quarter, Miami just took control. And think about it. If you really think about it, this series has been over since they went up 3-0. All these these last four games have been really just consolation games because now it's 151 and zero teams that are up 3-0. You had been pushing. I'm gonna let everybody know. <laughs> Murph has been down my throat talking about Celtics were going to win. Celtics were going to win, but I knew all along. I stood beside my heat. Granted, Murph your heat, say, my like heat. you've been like you've been rooting for the heat more than two weeks. <laughs> it has been a good two weeks to me. Good for, good for Jimmy Butler, man. Um, 
that's the biggest takeaway. It's like good for Jimmy Butler, bro. Oh yeah, I mean for like as a fan, I wanted to see Miami win, but I had just picked Boston like two months ago, so I kind of just had to roll with it. Just for my pick's sake, you know. But I'm glad Miami won. I think I thought they had the better they're the better story, obviously. Yeah. You know, eight seed. It's only like it's what is it, the second eight seed to ever make it to the NBA finals? Yes, correct. So I mean it, it's it's gonna be entertaining, but I, I mean like you watch Denver. I just Denver's just a different animal. They just they're stacked. They have the best, most well well rounded roster, and their size. If you look at Miami, they have zero size, and the only size that they do have is the softest guy on the court. Oh my gosh! Yes, don't even get me started about Bam. I mean, I love Bam. He's Kentucky boy, but man, these last two games have been horrendous for him. At least offensively. He's made good plays. He's made good plays in other ways, but offensively he's been non existent. You when you get the opposing opposing team's point guard as a center, if you get him posted up on the block, you that should be two points every time. Okay. And Derek White somehow was able to, to stuff him up in the in the paint. He really bodied him, to be honest. Derek White was putting it on him, especially in that first half, like and then coming fresh out of that, right out of halftime, I thought Derek White was about to will them right into this game, and he basically did. Bro, it was it was impressive to see. I mean, Derek White came out like on fire, dude, and he he was. They were running their offense through him because Tatum was injured; he wasn't a hundred percent, and then Brown was just a turnover machine. It seemed like yeah. in the second half. He's got to – Brown's got to play better. He's got to be better. I think you're right uh, You're right about him being dealt in the, in the offseason. They have to center the team more around Jason Tatum. Right. I think they can get rid of Smart, too. I think Jer- Derek White does everything Smart does, but better and more efficiently. That's what I was about to say. I think they're going to have to, like, look in the mirror – because they've been, what, three head coaches in the last three years. If they get rid of him and try to keep the same team, it's four coaches, four years. Like, that's not that's – not No, I think they're going to keep Missoula. I think yeah. they're going to keep the coach they've got now. I think they just need to retool their roster. Yeah. I think they need to get rid of, of Jalen Brown. Not that Jalen Brown's like a bad player or anything, but he's just not a, uh, the right fit for Boston's scheme. Yeah. I think he's a great, you know, individual player, but he just doesn't fit in with their, with their, uh, you know, what they need to do to to make it back to the finals and win. Yeah, I think Jason Tatum has to be the the focal point. Yeah. Al Horford is great, but I mean, he's pushing forty. He's getting up. Robert Williams. Robert Williams is a better big man, in my opinion. He's younger. He doesn't have the outside game that Al Horford does, but. Defensively, he's a monster. Yeah. And he's going to get you 10-plus rebounds a game. Yeah. The thing about Robert Williams, though, is, like, it's so crazy that he plays, like, 10 to 15 minutes a game, and he's done it all postseason. That's all he plays is, you know, minuscule minutes, and Horford's playing 35, almost 40 minutes. Yeah. I feel like they didn't utilize – 
him enough, but he is so big. It's probably, you know, you, you got to be well conditioned at that size. Yeah. I think there's just uh, the. I think Missoula has to take, and he's going to get better in the offseason as well. Yeah. And he's just going to have to take that roster, like I said, retool it. And they're going to have to find a, a, a well-balanced chemistry because I feel like the Celtics, when they're on, they're unstoppable. But when they play bad, they play absolutely god-awful. Like, yeah. there's no middle ground. There's no really consistency there. Like like I said, whenever they're, they're front runners, whenever they're playing well, they're playing out of this world. But if they hit any controversy whatsoever, they kind of – put their heads down and give up per, per se. And it's like the exact opposite with Miami. Yeah. Miami, they're like, whenever I think of like an analogy for Miami, the thing that comes to mind is like Rocky. Yeah. Balboa, like just keeps getting the dog shit beat out of them <laughs> round after round after round. And just keeps getting up. And doesn't quit, never quits, no matter how, what the score is, no matter what situation, no matter who it gets hurt, no matter how much foul trouble they're in, they just keep coming at you. And I think that's why so many people have jumped on that bandwagon because, yeah. I mean, everybody loves an underdog. Yeah. America loves an underdog, you know. And they're going to be huge underdogs. I bet you they're like probably – Seven or eight point underdogs, maybe ten under home ten point underdogs, especially when they go to Denver. Oh yeah, be huge. I mean, honestly, I'd be surprised if this game if if it goes six. Yeah, honestly, that's my that's my God's honest opinion. Would I like to see it go seven? I mean, I would love to see a seven game series from Denver and Miami. Yeah, I just don't know that Miami is going to be able to keep up with Denver. Yeah, and. I mean, I mean, we said it before we came on. Denver's been resting. They'll have nine days of rest, and Miami's got till Sunday to rest up. No, they play Thursday, bro. Is it Thursday? Yeah, they play, I think it's June 1st. Okay, well, Denver's got nine days of rest, and Miami's got till Thursday to rest up. And we saw Jimmy Butler, I mean, he's hobbling, and they're already shorthanded. They're there's rumors saying that Tyler Hero will be back, but I want to go back to the point you made about Rocky and what popped in my head was the scene from South Park where Randy gets up and he's like, I didn't hear no bell. Yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was – that meme popped in my head too whenever I was talking talking about it. I was like, I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> That's literally what they are. Like they just will not they, – they won't die. This motherfucker will not die. Especially that last game, game six, like. Which, oh my god, that was an all-time. That might have been the best game I've seen all postseason. It was a really good game. If you didn't watch game six, right there, I mean, it looked like Celtics had it all the way through, and then it was like the last. I told Murph like last five minutes, the Celt- or the Heat are gonna, you know, make a push. They made a push, took the lead, and then last second shot goes up. There's three seconds on the clock, and his. Th- Backboard comes down, fucking Derek White weasels his ass in there and somehow gets the sh- But con- controversy, conspiracy time. How does Jimmy Butler shoot free throws? And there's two and a half seconds on the clock. 
And then and then they come back from commercial break, and there's three seconds left. After he shoots the free throws, they get the ball, call the timeout, and now there's three seconds on the clock. That makes zero sense to me. I mean, granted, I you can't rig the scenario to where the ball comes off perfectly, and uh, you know what I'm saying. But right, that extra time. But but the fact that he, that White was able to tip that in with 0.1 seconds left, that does, you know, it, it means that you. Every point one second matters on exactly. the clock. I don't know. I think you know. Regardless, it was like I don't know. It was like divine intervention that the ball comes off perfectly. Nobody, nobody thinks to put a body on Derek White, and he's just right there at the right, the you know, right time spot. And he literally all he literally touches it, like just barely touches it, and right in the goal. So, I mean, the Celtics were lucky to even make it to Game 7. Yeah. They have no reason. I mean, coming into the series, you're the second seed against an eight seed. You know, on paper, you're thinking, yeah, we should win this series. But, you know, watching the the whole playoffs and the progression of it, Miami has just been on a tear. They've had probably the toughest road besides maybe the Lakers. Yeah. But but I think I would like to see a, a series between the Lakers and, and the Heat. That would be really fun. Fuck, let's play for third place, have Lakers-Celtics battle off. I know that's already been said multiple times other places, but battle for third place. Let's see the Lakers play Celtics. That would be dope. In the that's what they should do. Give yeah. us more basketball. Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to sign up for it, but force them. I don't, I don't yeah. know how you got to do it. Just give them an incentive, like – like pay them, you know, give them some like bonuses or something. Money, money talks. Yeah. I wanted to say this too. The only thing that those three Celtics win did, and this plays back to us talking about offseason stuff, is it probably saved Missoula from getting fired. Those three wins, if anything, because if they got swept, Missoula's probably fired. But since they won those games, he stays, and then they get rid of. You know, you saw more of Brown sucking and. Marcus Smart not doing very much, and it kind of gave the Celtics front office a chance to be like, okay, well, maybe the pieces just need to be changed around. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't think you can fire Missoula after one season, though. You know, I mean, they had uh, M.A. Udoka last year. They had a, they went to the finals. And then, you know, they had everything in the offseason, the controversy with him. But you never know. The NBA coaching carousel is nuts right now. So I wouldn't be shocked. If Didn't they the Sixers and bring back Doc Rivers on some crazy stuff? Oh God, no! Not after not after losing like he did. It's the NBA coaching thing. is just a giant circus. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's who's a, the only it, guy you can go out and get? I know we keep saying that, but well, the Sixers. I'm pretty sure they signed Nick Nurse today. Did they? I didn't see that. Well, J.J. Reddick's still out there. That's yep, Reddick's still out there. Job. I want to see him get a job. But I think I'll um, I'll go Denver. I I got to go Denver in six as well. I know it's the same take as you, but I'd like to see because Miami's still, you know, nine days is a lot of days of rest, and I keep saying that. I feel like Miami will come out and get game one because they'll be, you know, still game ready. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's what we were talking about earlier. Nine days off, especially in basketball, that's going to fuck with your rhythm. And I think it goes, that works against you. Maybe, I think at the most, you want three or four days. But nine days is just way too long to not be playing. Now, Um, if Jamal Murray comes out like he was against the Lakers, shit, bro, they might get swept. Well, here's the thing who's going to guard Jamal Murray? Gabe that's, Vincent? That's what I was thinking. Are you putting Gabe Vincent on him? No, no disrespect to Gabe Vincent, but Jamal Murray will cook that man. There's not very many guys that can guard Jamal Murray in the league. No. You know I'm saying. And you're gonna are you gonna put Butler on him? Well then who's gonna guard Michael Porter Jr. or Kentavious Caldwell Pope? I say I think you put I think you put Butler on Murray to start out, and then Gabe, Gabe Vincent on uh, Caldwell Pope. Caleb Martin's got a guard. Uh, MPJ. Yeah. Yeah. And then Bam has to find a way to stick with Joker and be I think, a nuisance. Bro. I think he's going to get exploited, honestly. I think Joker puts up, like you were saying earlier, 40 points a game. Damn near. Because he was having trouble. He was having trouble with um, – who was he guarding tonight? Al Horford and it was yeah. He was having trouble with Horford, and Horford's not half the player that Jokic is. Yeah, it could be really, really ugly. Especially, I don't. I, I just at least save face and win two games. You know, like you yeah. made it here. You guys weren't supposed to do this. Y'all got in on a, a play-in tournament and. Made it a run all the way. Like, this is what Jimmy does. This just shows that that 2020 thing was not a fluke. All this stuff, you know. Jimmy is him. And if – I mean, imagine if he was still with the Sixers. And, I mean, they're probably putting people out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they might have won a ring by now if he stayed exactly. with the Sixers. The fact Jimmy, that – Jimmy is Hemi. I've always liked Jimmy Butler ever since he was with played with Chicago. Yep. And – He's kind of bounced around a little bit in the last few years, but he's always been a solid player, been a great leader, dependable, you know, always says the right things. Always, He's a great teammate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a huge Jimmy Butler fan. I, th- I hope they can at least get one or two games. But I think Denver ends up winning it in five or six. But speaking of getting paid, this man Caleb Martin may have just – May have just secured a max deal. I don't. I won't say max deal, but well, he's, he's gonna. He's he's gonna get some major money out yeah. of this offseason. Well, they just gave the uh, Eastern Conference matchup uh, most valuable player trophy to Jimmy. And granted, he probably is the most valuable player to that team. But in this round, it might have been Caleb Martin. Well, tonight it was Caleb Martin for yeah. sure. I mean, he gave. I mean, he put up what 26, 26 points and like eleven guys. of sixteen. Yeah, eleven of sixteen from the field. Dude was four dumb. four threes, I think. I mean, some turnaround two pointers, man. He he looked really good. Also plays great defense too. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Caleb Martin. Now let me say this too: if the Heat go into this finals and find a way to win this this might be the most valuable ring in recent oh, I mean, NBA history down. 
No, probably all time. If you look at the the teams that they had to go through. Yeah. And the team that Jimmy Butler has around him, I mean, this is this would be, you know, you got to this just put Jimmy in the hall off of this ring alone. He he, yeah, Absolutely. he doesn't he doesn't have to do anything else. I mean, he's going to have no He could retire after this after happened. that. And you know what would be crazy? Is I could see it. Just he just rides out. off into the sunset. Yeah, because that that means he's literally he's that type of guy. You know what I'm saying? Just ride out while on top. Never never have to question. I mean, him. he is he is pushing. What is he like? 35, 34? Yeah, he's getting older too. All oh, the yeah. faces of the NBA we grew up with, man, they're about gone. I know. Did you see where uh, now that Melo retired, LeBron is the only player from the 03 draft class left? That's nuts, and. I, it, it's probably so that they can take heat off of LeBron getting swept, but the fact that LeBron, you know, we've never had this, I got to think about it, or, you know, this type of feeling from LeBron where it's like, finally, you know, father time is really actually getting to him. I mean, I understand where he's coming from with, you know, I've, he's got to take this time and really think about what he wants because he is 38. A lot of guys, you know, he's the last guy of his draft class. So, yeah. I mean, you know, he deserves all the time, all the um, time and, you know, contemplation that he needs over it. Yeah. And I think that this past season, if we were judging, if you just, if we just did like a blind uh, and, and like analysis, we just covered up the name and just looked at the numbers. And we're saying, you'd say, this guy's doing putting up these numbers at 38 years old. If you didn't know it was LeBron, you'd be like, damn, like this guy's ridiculous. But then we have that uh, inherent bias because we, we, you see the name LeBron James and we hold fair or unfair. We hold that LeBron James standard to a different level because we know what he's been capable of in the past. So, you know, it's, is it fair? Probably not. I mean, it's not fair, but we see the, the diminishing numbers and we're saying, Hey, you know, look, everybody, Tom is undefeated. Everybody has, you know, everybody is eventually going to go down. Which, same, same thing happened with Brady, you know? Yeah, exactly. Which kind of leads into like, if LeBron was to retire, is that the best thing for him? Per se, like just to, you know, ride off, you know, you made it to Western Conference Final. Are you going to make it back here or are you going to continue to chase or just stick around and float around in the league until your son gets here and kind of just fade into the, like, is that better for you to fade into the league and kind of just keep putting up numbers? Like, well, he's already got all the numbers. Yeah. I mean, he's got most points. He's top five in every major statistical category. What if he sat out for a year? He might. That's what I was thinking. He might set out because he was he was injured pretty much all season with that ankle, and then he uh, he had a tendon in his foot that might require surgery from initial reports or whatever. Yeah, I mean, at this point, can you say that he's earned that right to like, hey, I'm I'm sitting out this year. I might come back next year. I might just be done, or I might come back when. I might stay out and rest up, and then when Bronny gets in a league, maybe I'll go join up with him. Or like, has he earned that right to just do that? 
Yes, I think whenever you're considered top by any metric or anybody's list, he's the top five of all time. Anybody who doesn't have LeBron James in their top five is doesn't know what they're talking about, or they're just a hater. And I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know I I can't stand LeBron. I've never liked LeBron James ever. Ever since he decided to go to Miami, that that was kind of you know that I, I just have had, it just left a sour taste in my mouth. Not that I was like a Cleveland fan or anything, but. Just the way he did it, but one, I, not two. Yeah, but I respect you know I respect greatness, and he has he's one of the best basketball players to ever live, hands down. There's no argument you can make that that says that he's not. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I mean I think he has definitely earned the right to do whatever he wants. He's got all enough money. He, I mean he. Never has to work a day in his life if he doesn't want to. Yeah. He's got two sons that are about to break out into the NBA. I mean, I wouldn't blame him at all if he just called it quits on the NBA and decided to go mentor his two boys. Yeah. Go be a dad for a little bit. Yeah. Imagine, you know, LeBron James announces uh, he probably would call a retirement and then if he did come back. To be but, honest with you, I could see him being a great GM or coach. A hundred percent. I could see him being a great GM without a doubt. Like just running an organization, finding the right coach. I mean, he's been basically GM, GMing teams since. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. He came back, you know what I'm saying? Constructing teams and coaches and picking the right suits. I, th- I think he could do it. I think if I, I mean, this might just be me making shit up. But I'm pretty sure the reason why he left Miami was because he wanted he wanted the front office to go after some of these players. And Pat Riley was like, no, I'm the GM. Yeah. You know, I get to decide that. You're not going to tell me, you know. And I'm pretty sure they butted heads over that, and that's why he ended up going back to Cleveland. Because Cleveland was like, hey, come back, buddy. We'll get whoever you want. <laughs> We just want you to come back. We miss you. Could you like the guys that he pulled into Cleveland? When you think about it, are some of the most ridiculous. Like Derrick Rose, um, he got. I Dwayne forgot D Rose played for Cleveland. He Man. got Dwayne Wade in Cleveland. Yeah, D Wade, Isaiah Thomas. Yep. Um, who else? At J.R. Smith. Um, J.R. Smith was one of the ones that stuck, though. Yeah. Some of these guys. Mike Conley. Some of these guys were traded for or signed, and then halfway through the season, they got shipped out. Yeah. He's had some – he's played alongside some bigger names in the later part of their career. Like, he played with Shaq. Shaq was a Cavalier for a minute. That was the first stint with with Cleveland. That's crazy, too. That was fat boy Shaq. That was a big boy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Man. That was Paycheck Shaq right there. Hundred <laughs> percent. Shaq played with Phoenix. Yeah, and Celtics, Boston. Yep. Him, Big Baby Davis. I remember that shit. I think. See, I mean, no disrespect, but I think that kind of diminishes your legacy a little bit. Like getting getting on in your years, and you're just like bouncing around the league, trying to get on a team so maybe you can win another ring. 
Okay, it's one thing if you were never like if you were never like the top guy on a team, but once you're play at the level of like Shaq, Kobe, Jordan, you know, LeBron, it, it's embarrassing to be like forty and oh, I'm setting the. I get five minutes a game, you know. Like, come on, man. Yeah, You're better gotta, than that. You got to have more dog in that than you, or you believe that you can still contribute to a team, which you got to look yourself in the mirror at that point and be like, maybe not. I mean, if you're signing one year deals though. Yeah. No. I get, I get the paycheck side of it. Like you got to get your money. Like you're Shaq. But at, yeah, but you're, you're, one of the most famous basketball players of all time. Like you're not going to want you got your own money. shoe, bro. Yeah. You, you own. You're one of the best businessmen, athletes to ever live. Like, exactly. Oh my God. It's been fun yeah. though, man. The playoffs have been. It's just been a, a really entertaining um, playoff series, you know, playoff run. I think maybe since we've been doing the podcast, it has been, I've been paying more attention. Yeah. I was about to say that it's brought me closer to the playoffs. Typically I don't, like I still don't really care all that much about the NBA. I'm more invested in this heat run than really any NBA run that I've probably ever watched. And I do feel like it has part to do with this podcast because I'm watching these games. Every There has never been a year where I watched pretty much every playoff game. And I've only missed a couple, you know, for circumstances, for, for the most part, you know, for conversation points. And I want to know what's going on. And I want the listeners who listen and care about the NBA to – be like, well, these guys are still idiots, but at least they watch the game. Yeah, at least they somewhat know what they're talking about. <laughs> it's like, don't take our betting advice, but we did watch the game. Like, you were ready to bet the house on Boston. I, I legit thought they were going to play better tonight than they did. I did, which I think everybody said, did, though. You said if Tatum doesn't roll his ankle – in that first couple of minutes, it is probably a different game, which I will agree with. But I'm not going to say that the, that Boston wins the game. I'm just no, saying it's better. probably closer. Yeah. yeah, you're not blowing them out by 20 points in the game. Well, yeah, and the same argument. And this uh, this is a conversation I had with my cousin towards the end of that game. Was like, okay, if your QB tears his UCL in the first drive of the, you know. Uh, NFC Championship, you're probably not going to score many points. Just ask the 49ers. Yep. It's the exact same thing happened to the 49ers. Yep. And props to the Celtics. We'll give them that. I mean, you guys could have – They showed some back. fight, you know. Yeah, you could have laid on your back and just let the heat roll on, but you made them fight for it. You I mean, imagine imagine if they didn't go down 3-0. Oh, my God. Imagine yeah. if it was only 3-1 or 3-2, yeah. you know, 3-2. Dude, imagine if – Boston pulled that off. Oh, we'd never hear the end of it. Oh, I'm actually God. glad, you know, Thank they God. didn't win because Boston fans are some of the most obnoxious fucking people on the earth. They act like they've got it so hard when they lose, forgetting the part where the Patriots. But they won. literally, if you look at their sports franchises, they they win a championship at least once every five years, yeah. at least. It's like the Red Sox are always going to find a way to win one. Or they're at least in the last 20 years, they're going to be in the running. The Bruins are good. Celtics are good. And the goddamn Patriots had Tom Brady for 20 years. Right. So, you, you got – I mean, Boston fans have had it – have, like, the luxury run. 
If anybody's got a bad, it's probably Philadelphia fans or Atlanta fans. No, yes. <laughs> I was going to say Atlanta, Cleveland probably fans. the worst. Atlanta is probably the the worst. Uh, well, uh, the well, Braves did, jo- the Braves did win the World World and Series. Got the Bulldogs. But I'm not a but I'm not like an Atlanta fan. Yeah, like see, exactly. like to me, like there's different types of fans, okay? Yeah. Like if you're from that city, you probably root for every team yeah. that that is based in that city. But for me, like I live in the middle of Kentucky, so I kind of get the I got to had like a, a a mesh of different I get to pick different fan bases I want to be a part of. Yeah. And if, like that's what pisses me off so much is because it, we could probably do a whole episode just on fanhood alone. <laughs> yeah. But like whenever I picked what my teams, like I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. Yeah. You know. So you know, I'll just I'll just kind of give a quick rundown. But like, all right, Kentucky. My whole family's Kentucky fan. I basically had no choice to be Kentucky basketball fan. All right. But then you look at like Chicago Bulls. I really started getting in the NBA whenever Derrick Rose was really good with the Bulls. And so I was like, oh, man, I really like D. Rose. I'm going to be a Bulls fan. But I really didn't look at the whole picture of, wow, um, LeBron is in the East. You know, you've got all these other good teams in the East. Why pick the Bulls whenever you could have picked anybody? And then Atlanta, I was like, oh, man, uh, Atlanta Falcons. I was like, oh, man, Michael Vick, dude. Great. I love Michael Vick. Then he goes to prison for fucking 18 months. <laughs> and then, you know, it is what it is. I just don't have the heart in me to like switch teams, you know, like once I pick that team, I'm rolling with that team, good, bad, or whatever. And I'll talk the most shit. I'm like, like with the Mets, I'm like Frank the Tank. Literally, if, if he's like my spirit animal when it comes to that team. <laughs> Dude, those videos crack me the fuck up, but I agree with everything. He's like, they got no heart. They got no fight. This team fucking sucks. <laughs> and he's about to have a fucking heart attack. Goddamn aneurysm. Oh, my God. That is, that's the epitome of being a Mets fan. Yeah, I didn't realize the Mets were cursed, yeah. but I have my, my dad. He's a bit, he was a Mets fan. He liked Dwight Gooden and uh, Daryl Strawberry. Growing up, so I was like, okay, I kind of like the Mets. Yeah. And then my cousin uh, Jamie, he he's a real big Mets fan too. So every time we get together at a family reunion, we always talk about the Mets and at least suck. But I'll always be a Mets fan, no matter how bad. We should they- definitely do a fandom episode. You know, what we need to start doing. You know, those like videos, um, the little videos that are like hot takes from the AFC East or whatever and be like, yeah, blah, 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 the, and then just start, and then we can start like tearing into people's fandom and stuff. I feel like that would relate to different listeners, different core yeah. bases and stuff like that. And I like, I like just talking shit about other teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I will curse. I'll curse. Well, here's the thing is anytime I say anything like about, let's just take NFL football. Everybody's like, Oh, 28 and three, 28 and three. <laughs> It's like, okay. It's like, I get it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me of the worst night in my life as a sports fan. 28 to 3. That's a tough one. Bro, I would I would literally almost – I probably would give up my left nut <laughs> if Atlanta could have won that Super Bowl. I'm serious. I, I'm, I can't say you wouldn't. I, I mean, obviously, I can't speak from experience. My – 
my one Super Bowl loss in my lifetime is watching the Eagles, and I'm going to blame it on the fucking turf. So it is what it is, and NFL rigging. But yeah, I would probably give up a left nut for. But you already saw Philly win. I one, saw. Though. That's what I'm saying. I probably wouldn't because I was alive and I seen the craziest NFL run ever. I've actually seen the craziest college football run ever for a national champion. Like I know that I am. Yeah, Ohio blessed. State. I'm with Cardell Jones. Yeah, as a fan, like I've got it good. The only team that sucks for me is probably the Reds. Yeah, I've only seen one of my teams ever win the championship, and that was. 11 years ago. The Cats, yeah. Yeah, Cats with Anthony Davis. Yeah. And, I mean, who knows if I'll ever see, get to see another championship with the way my teams are going right now. So, if, you, if, you've, if you're if you lucky enough to have been a true sports fan and have been alive and old enough to comprehend what was going on, like, you, you are blessed. Like, even though I've only got to see one of my teams win, I am, like... I'm happy with that because a lot of people go their whole fucking lives and never get to see, yep. never get to be on top. You know? Can you like imagine being like a, a Minnesota sports fan or even like Cincinnati? I mean, they haven't won. There's people that have like my friends from Cincinnati I went to college with. They haven't seen the Bengals win a Super Bowl. They haven't seen the Reds win a World Series. I mean. They haven't seen the college team do anything. Yeah. I mean, some of them are UK fans, I would say. But the other ones that are, you know, Bearcats fans, they made it to the playoff. I mean, that's about the the, the peak of their the height. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they watched the Bengals lose the Super Bowl. But to be on top is when you can walk around after that win. And I, I pray that everybody kind of gets to experience. Now I think about it, like, I hope that every person that is – as big a sports fans as I know that I am myself, I hope that you get that moment where you are on top of the world because you have been that diehard fan. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I remember the next day, you couldn't tell me shit. Mm-hmm. We just beat Tom Brady 500-yard passing game with fucking Nick Foles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that was an impressive game, impressive win. Man, I hope everybody gets to feel that feeling someday of fandom. And it's like it's such a I hate to use this word, but it's like euphoric. Yeah. Like you get to that whole offseason, you get to say, Hey, we're the fucking champs. My team is where well, I'm a fucking champion. You know what I'm saying? Like we are the champs. And until somebody knocks us off, guess what? We're still the fucking champs, bitch. You know, everybody needs that feeling. Bro. Like that's such just a great feeling to have. We you definitely got to do an episode on this because, man, there's – because you, you basically – you know, Grandy, you're not on the field playing with these, but you take that stuff because you create this friend groove of people who are sports people, and they give you shit 24-7, and you're fighting for this. Team. I mean, you literally – like, you live and die with this shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like You fight for this shit, and that moment where you finally get over and you can be on top, top dog among everybody, it's like, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh-huh. High State Buckeyes, national champions. What's up? Fuck Alabama. Yeah. And, I mean, it's also on the flip side of that coin, you do have to remember it's just a game. Yes. You know? Yes. It's just a sports game. And I know a lot of people take it too far. And, you see, I mean, you see videos of fights breaking out in the crowd and stuff like that. And people 
you know, vandalizing the streets and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. But it's just passion, you know, like we have to have somewhere to, to channel that passion. Yeah. And yeah. And sports teams are good, a good outlet for that. But that's my spiel on the whole, um, you know, like fan experience. I'm sure we'll do a whole episode on that whenever one week, whenever we don't have a lot to talk about, I'm sure we can save that for one of these coming. Yeah. We'll shelf it. Cause I mean, here coming up after the finals gets over with, it's not going to be a lot to talk about sports wise because we'll just, it'll just be MLB regular season and some NFL off season stuff. But, and really, yeah, basically the all-star break for baseball is probably the, the high point for baseball. For the summer, at least. Yeah, that's all pretty stale. We'll work stuff up. We definitely need to get with our people and kind of run up some ideas. And we need you guys to tell us your thoughts. Quit being so quiet. I know you're uh, afraid of each other. and Maybe hold each other's hand and come forward. And Maybe we'll all get in a circle and sing Kumbaya. Kumbaya. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. This is going to be a shorter episode. So if you've made it through this far, you don't have to sit for 20 more minutes. Thank you very much. Aside from that, Murph, let them know. Uh, Yeah. um, Appreciate you guys listening every week. You know, we try to bring some new content, get some alternative perspective uh if you enjoyed our last episode on spirituality spirit spirituality and religion um we're thinking about doing a two another part second part to that because uh we listened to the playback and there were several points where there's certain things that we had wanted to expand upon and we just kind of got uh drawn into the conversation and skipped over a lot of stuff so I'm going to go back and re-listen to it and make some notes, and then we'll we'll try to get a second episode out on that. Because I know people like to, to listen and talk about that type of thing. So Definitely. It was top five of all of our episodes, which we've now done 25 episodes, which is cool. Quarter, quarter mark to 100. We're working our way up there, which is kind of crazy when you look back and see the catalog that we've put together. Yeah, it's nuts because... When we first started this, I mean, we didn't had no idea, and we, I mean, we're 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 working our way up, but we still really are just flying by the seat of our pants and just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks, you know. Learning as we go. I know we say that every week, but you know, with it's the, a process, man. With some great things comes uh, trial and error, and we'll figure it out. And as Murph said, I appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you guys listening. I am J.D. Kozak. That's Cody Murphy. Peace. Peace out.